Thank you, and you may be seated, and thank you for the music, all of the music, the soul music, and the white people music, and the Indian music, and the Asian music, and the Micah music. My friend Eddie Kirk sitting behind me says, I don't know if that boy is in the black church or black or white and mixed. It's whatever the Holy Ghost makes you. You do a grand job. Amen. So the pastor invited me to speak tonight, and he's not here, so I'm going to do what I want. If you don't tell him, we'll both have something in common. I, uh, I really want to be relevant, so I asked the Lord that for us tonight. And I really want you to leave with something. So... I have prayed earnestly that you would receive that, and I thank you for being here because the Bible says God orders our steps. Amen, church? So I was led to the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John, and I want to use that that setting for some thoughts tonight that encompasses These three words, dead man walking. Now, I've been told that there are television, or there is a television series entitled something like that. Is that right? Some of you need to say, yeah, you've been looking at it. Is that walking dead, something like that? And and honestly, I I haven't seen an episode. Is that in Sonoma? Is that where they produce that? looking at Micah because he seems to know a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's things about my life that uh, I don't have to go hunting for. It finds me. And that's sometimes scary stuff. You know, with the voodoos and all that. And so, I don't, I don't even know what that walking dead is, but I do know what this passage talks about and it helps me to understand around these three words Dead man walking. And I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me to help you, but I can't do that unless we agree together that he wants to do that. Stretch your hands in my direction. I really appreciate your prayers. It helps me. Would you pray above a whisper so you can hear yourself pray? That way we make the devil mad and we build our faith. Let's do it. Father, I thank you for this lovely congregation tonight. What powerful music, what wonderful communion, what great, oh God, uh, presence of the Lord. And thank you for everybody here, Lord. Oh, we didn't come for, for a show. We didn't come to be entertained. We didn't come because we had no place else to go. We really need for you to search us and to purge us and to sanctify us and to fill us with good and wonderful gifts in our lives that will bless us and others. Take us tonight and mold us in your image. Amen. Amen. Pastor Trey, you convicted me. I wish you'd have stayed out of my stuff. But there was good stuff that you said, and we needed that. So let me begin. In the last six months or longer, we, we have been saturated with all manner of sufferings, haven't we? 
You don't have to look hard or listen closely to know the magnitude of the needs among us. And as I uh, try to, to wrap myself around this idea of where we are now as a nation and where I am as an individual, the Holy Spirit began to my, bring to my mind some of the areas of my life, our life, and our nation where we have an urgent need for healing. And so I would conclude that we need healing from mental anguish and emotional breakdown. There are a lot of people in, in pain all around us, and it's not because of a recent surgery or a scar in their body. A lot of people in pain around us that we don't know because it's all hidden in here. We need healing. We need healing from shattered dreams, disappointments. Have you ever been in a place where you thought, just when I had it in my hands, just when I began to get uh, dominion over it, I lost it. We need healing. We need healing over broken relationships because they hurt too. Obviously, you would surmise that we need healing over physical infirmities. And nothing makes us more conscious of that than this terrible virus called COVID-19. I'm praying, and I invite you to pray if you're not already doing it, uh, that God will give us a, a vaccine very soon, an antibiotic very soon. Can I get an amen? The sooner this thing goes away, the better we are. It's a hidden enemy, and we need healing. We need healing from financial despair and lack because so many people are suffering economically, loss of a job or the closing of their business, and you know how that goes. And so we, we need healing. And, and, and then we need healing from a broken heart, personal losses. A lot of people have died in the last six months. A lot of people that were with us last Christmas that won't be with us this Christmas. We need healing. And when I think of these things I enumerated, if we experience mental anguish, shattered dreams, broken relationships, financial loss, broken heart, etc., if we experience those or any one of them, they can cause something to die in us. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, I want to give you some key thoughts first and then I want to break it down. And here are the key thoughts in chapter 11. Jesus has three close friends who live in a small town of Bethany. His friends are Lazarus and Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha. The account says that Lazarus became very ill he is so ill until his life is threatened by his sickness. Jesus is doing ministry in another town away from Bethany and when he gets the word that Lazarus is sick, the Bible says he stays where he was for two more days. Well, in lengthening his stay, 
away from Bethany with the knowledge that Lazarus may be at the point of death. Lazarus dies. A dead man. He's not walking. He's, he's a dead man. I, I want you to get some uh, more concise thoughts from this account. So if you take notes, please note them. If you are not taking notes, pretend that you are. It will make me feel better. Observe, if you will, you can be sick after serving the Lord. Let me, let me build on it. John 1, oh, 11, uh, 11, 1 and 2. Builds the case for you can be sick after serving the Lord. It says here, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The text informs us that Lazarus and his sisters were followers of Jesus before he became sick. He was, he was serving the Lord. Because you, you can be sick after serving the Lord. There are people who start serving the Lord when they need him. <laughs> Don't shout so loud it messes up my sermon. When I get what I want from Jesus, if we need to part ways, that'll be okay. Not, not Lazarus and Mary and Martha. You see, the Bible says to us that apparently Jesus was a frequent guest at their house. They were very hospitable and they were willing to go the extra mile for Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 that the sisters of Jesus, pardon me, of Lazarus served Jesus. And with all this going on, with all their hospitality to Jesus and offering a room uh, when he comes through, spend the night, of all this going on, offering a meal, they're serving Jesus. Lazarus becomes sick, very sick. You can get sick after serving Jesus. I've been. I'm there now. I wish I could tell you the number of people I know, I won't recall them all, men of God who've gone to pulpits after pulpits, traveled all around the world, gave the best talk and sermons, and all the way, all the time, suffering in their body terribly. One of them is Ravi Zacharias. If you've heard his testimony, you understand that he was a very sick man. He spent uh, many sleepless nights not because he wanted to have a testimony about how sick he was, but that's just the way it was for him. There are others. And sometimes when we tell people we are serving Jesus, but we're not well, then they'll say something like this. Well, if you really had faith, you wouldn't be sick. Then the spirit of slap gets all over me. And I want to say something like, if you had any brains, you wouldn't be saying that. These hyper-spiritual, just full of God, a word for everybody. Oh, God, it's too early in a sermon for me to get mad. 
We got so many people got a word for us. I got a word for you. Shut up. You ain't taping this for the pastor, are you? Look at this. She's going to put it on the screen. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. It tells us that Satan manages to afflict the serving saints and leave them with guilt. And look what it says on the screen. Look at it and I'll read it. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan comes and attacks us. And we are sometimes afflicted and it makes us feel guilty that somehow it is our fault. It's the fault of the enemy. Now I know we can do some stuff to make ourselves sick when we don't protect ourselves. But I am suggesting to you, my brothers and sisters, that this business of sickness afflicting a believer is par for the course in our walk with God. The Bible says to resist the devil. Stand fast in the faith. Resist him. Be steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Do you know what? The Christians in Africa, they're serving the Lord, but some of them get sick. The Christians in India, they're serving the Lord, but some of them get sick. The Christian in South America, they're serving the Lord, red, yellow, black, or white. We, we get sick because this house of flesh is just that. It's a house of flesh. It is not immortal. It is not incorruptible. It is not in, uh, undefiled. We, we just get sick. But we don't have to stay like dead men walking. Here's another significant thought. This is the second one. You can be sick even though Jesus loves you. You thought the first one was bad. You can be sick even though Jesus loves you. How do you, how do you come about that, Pastor? John eleven three. Therefore the sisters, meaning Lazarus' sisters, sent to him, Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, the love that Lazarus, Mary and Martha had for Jesus, Jesus reciprocated. He loved them too. But Jesus' love for us does not guarantee that we will not get sick. My love for my grandchildren doesn't guarantee that they won't sometimes have to face some sickness. A parent's love for their child doesn't guarantee the child may not get sick. But the same is truth here when I say to you, just because I get sick doesn't mean Jesus loves me less. I think he loves me more. He loves me all the time. Just because my children and grandchildren and yours get sick doesn't mean you love them less. What it means is you embrace them more, you attend towards them, you go find a doctor or you go find a medicine somewhere because you love them. And so... You, you can be sick even though Jesus loves you. And in that sick process, you can learn just how much more he loves you. Look at the scripture, Ephesians 6 and 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the, of the wicked one. God, in our sickness, has equipped us to get well, to get better, to overcome. Here's another thought, please. This is thought number three. You need not die from your sickness. Isn't that great news? Some of you are sick because you ain't hearing me. You're sleeping. Your ear ain't working. That's great news to me. The doctor says, you've got a disease or some kind of infirmity. We don't know what it is and what to do. And then the word of God tells me, you need not die from your sickness. I like that word. Look at the John eleven four. When Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Say amen, somebody. God takes no delight in watching us suffer, no more than we take a delight in watching our loved ones suffer. But in the whole process, God is working in us a testimony, not to how good we are, but to how great God is. It is for the purpose of the glory of God. Amen. So I share that to tell you that there are some kinds of sicknesses that seem to be a death sentence due to the history of that sickness. I don't want to be insensitive, but cancer is one of those sicknesses because it comes in so many varied forms that when we hear that one word, sometimes we have the propensity to think, it's the end. Recently, I was with two friends of mine. Last week, actually, in Charlotte, North Carolina, we grew up together in Trinidad. These two young men who are now grown men, we, we, uh, our parents knew each other before we were born. We've gone back so far. And I went there to North Carolina upon the heels of their mother's death. She was 93 years old. We were talking in Olive Garden having lunch and one of those two guys told me that they are awaiting a kidney transplant and a liver transplant. In the realm of the natural, that seems like a verdict to the end of that life. But, but I've come by to tell you one more time, you need not die from your sickness. A lot of you sitting right out there, you were a mystery to a doctor. You were a mystery to your family. You were in ICU or you were in some other place where they had oxygen in your face, but God showed up in that room and you're not dead tonight because your sickness need not kill you. Hallelujah. I am a wild Indian. And what you did, Micah, is after you singing that blood song and what you did, when you do that, it's like you handing me a stick of lighted dynamite. And I don't know whether to run with it or to throw it. Give me a little bit more monitor, guys. I hadn't been uh, this in a while, so I need to. Hey, listen, listen, there are two things, two things you need to know about the healing ministry of Jesus. Okay, there are more than two things about the healing ministry of Jesus, but I want you to know this. Number one, you need not die from your sickness. Leprosy in the days of Jesus was a disease that caused a dead man walking. 
Jesus come upon ten lepers on one occasion of ministry. And though that was a disease that could produce dead men walking, Jesus healed every one of them. You need not die from your sickness. In the days of Jesus, medicine was not like it is now. Advanced, etc. A hemorrhage, bleeding ulcer hemorrhage was as good as a dead woman walking. She had a hemorrhage for 12 years. She spent all the money she had trying to get healed. She went to many doctors and got worse. I better keep going there, buddy. You do know why they call it practicing medicine. And there are probably doctors here tonight, and I love you, and uh, I have doctors in my family, three doctors in my family. But she got worse. She said, if I could only touch the hem, the, the lower part of his robe, don't have to shake his hand, don't have to embrace him, don't have to, don't have to anyway get close to him, but I'll fall on the ground trying to get to him if I have to. And she hits the ground, reaches out, touches robe, and immediately the issue of her blood was tried up because you don't have to die of your sickness. My, my, my. Demon possession or demonic possession is a sure indicator of a dead man walking. A person demon possessed, and of course, depends upon the severity of the possession, can eventually take their own life and perhaps others with them. Demonic possession. I have seen it, I have heard it on a couple of occasions, don't want none of it. There have been people in the church over the years, Pastor Trey, who come to say, you know, come, Pastor, pray for me. I, I, you know, but also I want you to take me in a child. I think they're demon-possessed. And I saw that child, and I'm thinking, you, you know, about 19 years old, lazy as the day is long. Want to eat potato chips and have the remote control in their mother's house. Their mother worked for them buying cigarettes. I'm, I said, hey, that guy ain't demon possessed. He's just full of the devil. <laughs> you, you ever seen those people that uh, says, they wore those t-shirt years ago, the devil made me do it. Remember those? No, nah, he made you do it. You did it yourself. Uh, now I'm hearing from you. Y'all, treat, y'all treated me a while ago like the little train that could. Remember that? Chugga, 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 up the mountain. But I'm already up the mountain. Don't need you now. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. You still ain't taping this. Are you? Everybody okay? okay? Let me say this to you. Second thing is you don't need to die from your sickness. That's number one. The second thing you need to know about Jesus is if you die from your illness... He can raise you up. Ask Lazarus. Can I get another amen? Let me me tell you, the grave need not have any dominion over you. Jesus proved by calling Lazarus from the dead after four years of being dead that there's nothing impossible with Jesus. Let Let me show you something else very quickly. Number four, you must wait for the healer. That's hard for me to do. 
You must wait for the healer. Uh, I drove to Atlanta first of last year, I think, or this year, and have a uh, doctor's appointment there at Emory once every three months. And uh, I keep going because they don't know what I have. <laughs> they do. They're just trying to make me a model. Uh, I, I go there, Brother Eddie Kirk, Sister Arlene, and I drive an hour and a half from Noonan to get all the way through Atlanta. Checked in, sat up in that room and waited and waited and waited and waited. Nobody came out. Then the lady just started apologizing. It's an hour. It's over an hour. I'm texting my wife. I'm mad. I could, I could eat nails. I just, sometimes you do stupid things. I just left. I drove an hour and a half, got to go home an hour and a half, won't see them for the next three months. And I left thinking, I won this time. I didn't get far down the road and Jesus said, you dummy. I wasn't willing to wait for my healer. Can I get an amen here? And so, you know, sometimes we, uh, we Jesus is called, Lazarus is dying He's called. Jesus is two days. Uh, he stays an extra two days for ministry. By the time he gets to Bethany and where Lazarus is buried, it's been four days since he called and the man was dead. Now, don't you know Mary and Martha's thinking, doesn't Jesus care? We hear men, we probably say the same thing. Uh, don't, they, don't you think sometimes about waiting on your healing? waiting for your healing after you prayed for months and months and months, do, do you ever wonder, uh, doesn't Jesus know the urgency of my condition? You, you ever feel that way? I, I do. Do you ever feel this, this thought about waiting for your healer to come? You have this thought, I am living on borrowed time already. And then if I was there, I'd have had this thought about Jesus. Some friend you are. I mean, he was their friend, and they were carnal. You know what? Here's the thing about waiting on your healer. This business of living by faith means that Jesus determines when he arrives. Did you, did you hear that? We don't determine Jesus' agenda or time clock. Say amen. You see, here's the deal. Jesus does not need his faith increased by waiting. We do. You ever heard the old song? Micah can sing it. He don't even know what I'm talking about, but listen, when I tell it, he'll know. You ever heard the song? He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Think about this. Why does God sometimes afflict his people? I've asked that. Have you ever asked that? Three of you. Yes, I've asked it. I was reading Dr. David Jeremiah, uh, and, and I read about this question. Why does God sometimes afflict his people? Here, here's one. Sometimes God hurts us to heal us. Psalm 119, verse 7. Sometimes 
You ever spank your child and before you do, you said, this is going to hurt me more, it's going to hurt you? <laughs> Dear child's probably thinking, she thinks I'm an idiot. Sometime God hurts me in order to help me. Here's another thought. Why does, why does God sometimes afflict his people? Because he wants to teach us important life lessons. There have been people I've, in my mind, criticizing their suffering, criticizing their hard times, criticizing, talking about why don't they get it together. And then God put me through that same thing. And I'm thinking I need to find those people and repent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are people who have gone through places and we think they just like it that way. They're just a hypochondriac. They're just that. We don't want to draw attention to themselves. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's just who they are. And when I go through the dark night of the soul, when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, when I go where they are, I understand that God wants me to learn life lessons that I can't learn on my own. Let me show you something else why God sometimes afflicts his people. To get us back to where we belong. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. To get us back to where we belong. Everybody okay? Here's, here's this thought. You must never lose confidence in Jesus Christ. Say amen. Never. In verses 21 and 22... Here's what it says, and if you have it, you can put it on the screen. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Uh, look, at, look at the first three words. But even now. Lord, uh, the casket of my brother is closed. Can I get an Amen. We had his memorial service four days ago. Folk none brought the casserole and we ate them up and they took their dishes back home. Lord, we already dug a hole on the side of the mountain and we put my brother in there and rolled a stone over there. It's been four days, Lord. And come about next week, we're going to bring a marker and put it on the stone so everybody know our brother died. And, and, and so, so, God, you telling us that, that, that he's going to live again. We want you to understand. We appreciate that. But, but we, 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 we know, God, that in our situation. It's limited. In other words, uh, 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 we've done all this stuff to bury our brother, but I tell you what, Lord, if you say it, but even yeah. now. Yeah. Somebody say amen. When you go to the doctor's office and said the, the blood work doesn't look good, you tell the Lord, but even now. If, if they tell you somehow you got to go have some surgery, you say, Lord, I, I'm here. I wish I wasn't. But even now, you can raise up this dead man and make him walk. Lord, I don't know where my child is. He hadn't called in six months. But even now, you can find him, Lord. I want to tell you, if you'll trust your Lord and have confidence in him, he'll take care of you. Amen. And let me, let me say this to you. Y'all doing okay? Yeah, ain't nothing good on TV. Just hang in here with me. You know, we Pentecostal preachers, and Micah know that, we asked the musician to come, and it appears <laughs> like we're going to shut up. No, 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 no. I have five more points. 
I am going to. I want to bring you to a place in a moment. In a moment, I want to have Sister Arlene bring some prayer cloths. She's already been anointed with oil. And I'm going to pray over it here. And then after, she's going to take it back with prayer team members to the entrance of the church at the next step counter. It's all been sanitized as far as the counter and all there, so you needn't fear. And I just got through preaching on healing, so it's going to be okay. I want you to take one, unless they're, and then after everyone had been served, my sister, then perhaps another. I, want you, I don't want you to take this and hide it someplace you can't find it. I want you to take this. I would prefer to anoint you individually, have others to help me. That's not the Holy Spirit's direction. When I pray over this, then when I had the dismissal prayer, you go to, as you exit, and you take one of those cloths because the Bible says when Paul was preaching in the book of Acts and he couldn't touch everybody or everybody couldn't get to him and there were people back home and, and who wanted, who needed to be healed and some of the family members were around uh, the place where Paul was preaching. They took handkerchiefs and aprons and cloth and they were anointed and they took them home and God healed them not because of their cloth but because of their faith. Give the Lord a hand clap. Stand, please. Stand with me, would you? Would you, Sister Arlene, would you, would you bring it? Pastor Trey, would you join us as the staff and also, yes, my brother, it's a little dark. David, come, Tyler. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Reach your hands this way. Just go ahead. Yes, and Jesus. Father, thank you for the preparation of these cloths. Thank you, O Lord Jesus, for what they represent. God, the power is not in us. The power is in you. But this, O God, is a means of faith where we stretch out, whether we put it under our pillow, whether we put it in our car, whether, O God, if somebody put it in their purse or their wallet, whether, O God, it's put in a lunchbox or bag, whether it's sent, O God, to the hospital, wherever it goes, it could go to another state or another country. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. We pray in the name of Jesus. There will not be any dead men, but there'll be walking men and women. We pray over babies, oh God. We pray, oh God, those who are crippled and paralyzed. Come on, church. We pray, oh God, those with heart disease and cancer. We pray over those, oh God, who have arthritis and kidney and pancreatic problem. We pray over those, oh God, have mental and emotional disorder. We pray, oh God, over those, oh God, who have vision problem and hearing problem and shortness of breath. We pray for lungs to clear up, oh God. We pray that you are the great physician, God, and we remember the miracles you did in the past, and we are going to trust you for the future. Lord, thank you for these who agree together tonight, and it's done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Terry with me just a moment more, and let them get those cloths ready and, and lead us in a song, my brother. Everybody know that he is Lord. And he's your healer. Say amen. 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 Let's sing together before you go. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Sing it with him. Yes. I believe in you. 
Hallelujah. just a minute that's just like me to interrupt keep the thought here's here's something I must tell you before you go I must the Holy Spirit checked me and we're coming back Michael in order to get your healing you've got to move the stone did you hear what I said Jesus says move the stone there will be no resurrection and so in order for you to get your healing and me to get mine move the stone of doubt of fear Move, move the stone of, 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 of pessimism and negative, negative thinking. Move the stone of doubters. You got to get up in the morning and say, I'm not going to start this way with fear and anxiety. I'm moving the stone and saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No, no, no. Nobody needs to move the stone. You move the stone. And then you speak to that thing. And say, live and not die. Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says that Lazarus was bound with all his legs like he was mummified, his body and his head. And I just imagine when when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. I told you I had five more points. Loose him and let him go. Come on. Loose me, God. Loose me, God. Let me go. Hey, and you'll like this if you hadn't heard it. You know why Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth? Because if he just said, come forth, every dead person will come alive. Loose him. All right, I didn't interrupt anymore. Finish. <laughs> come on, before we go, let's do it. Can you lift your hands with him and let's let's do it one more time? Yeah, let, let's reach up and touch the Lord. There is power. Yes. In the name there it is. Jesus. Say it. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Say it. Yes. To break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. That's good. Break every That's good. Chain.
God bless you as you go. Have a great evening and a great rest of the week. See you Saturday morning for prayer.